Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to today's episode of Hacker Public Radio. My name is Ken Fallon and today we're going to be talking about Autonesis. Autonesis is a tool that we use for our work and while I was reading up on the documentation of it I came across a few interesting facts. First of all it's released under the GPL version 3. It's written actually by a colleague here at work. And thirdly, there was going to be a demo on it last Saturday, which I attended. I found it very interesting and a topic that we would probably be interested here on the Hacker Public Radio Network. So I managed to corner the author, Frank Breedreich. Am I saying that right? <laughs> right enough. <laughs> well, how about you introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Frank Breedreich. I work as a security engineer at Schubert Fellows here. Okay, very good. I don't know what's the best way to begin. Do we start explaining what Autonesis is, or can you give us a rundown, first of all, probably of what Nessus is? Um, well, I can give you, uh, give you a rundown for, for those that are not familiar with it. Um, first of all, I suggest they go and check it out themselves by, uh, by downloading it from uh, Nessus.com website. Uh, but basically, Nessus is a network vulnerability scanner. It um, scans from one host... It can scan a number of other hosts or an entire network and search for vulnerabilities. So it starts with a port scan, looks what ports are open, connects to those ports, tries to guess what version of the software it is. Sometimes it knows, sometimes it needs to guess. And from that, tries to find vulnerabilities in that uh, that software. This is a fairly uh, well-used tool. I hear the guys at Paul.com Security Weekly use it quite a bit. Yeah, the SecTools.org, which is uh, run by uh, Fyodor, the uh, yeah. the author of uh, Nmap, and he did a survey in 2000, uh, 2005 and 2006 where this tool came as, as the top value tool for um, security professionals and security uh, interested people. It's not actually released anymore under an open source license. No, it's somewhere down uh, down the line, and I think it was uh, version 2.1, the uh, Tenable, the company that builds and maintains uh, Nessus, decided to switch from free as in uh, speech to free as in beer, if I uh, may put it that way. Yeah. And they closed the sources of Nessus. Um, they put in a license model where uh, additionally you could... Uh, still use it for free and get the plugins, but get the registered plugins uh, a week later than when they were released. And at the moment, you have to license it when you use it commercially, uh, and can get a you can get a free license if you use it uh, privately. My experience with Nessus has been very good, but I've noticed that it produces an awful lot of an awful lot of documentation. Yeah, I've. Um, Especially in my previous job where, where I did security consultancy, I worked with Nessus quite a lot. Yeah, it, it, it produces an awful amount of, of output, even if you condense it. One of my reports at the client was, was at some point called the Dikke van Bredijk, just uh, the, so the fat book of Bredijk, basically because of the, the, yeah, the, the sheer volume of information yeah. that was in it. And, and it's one of the things that, yeah, you, you just can't help but noticing when you use the tool, especially when you use it regularly. That said, it's very impressive when you come in with a, a, a ream of A4 paper and you dump it on somebody's desk. You kind of, uh, well, they, they feel they got their money's worth from their consultant. Yeah. But However, if, if you've got 100 servers and you've got four pages per server with the same things over and over again, it's, it's 
difficult for a admin to kind of get their head around that. Yeah, and and that's nice with a one-off scan. But if you want to do uh, more regular scans, say you want to scan your infrastructure every every month or every quarter, yeah, that was one of the things I noticed when I when I got working at Superfillers and I scanned the same infrastructure more than one time. There's really an awful lot of duplication. There's not a lot of difference between scanning an infrastructure now and then getting the information a month later. And yeah, you're you're virtually reading the the, the same report again. You it's like of try to find the uh, twelve differences in two reproductions of the the Mona Lisa. Well, that's fairly small. Let's say uh, Rembrandt's Nachtwacht, yeah. which is an enormous enormous painting and and you need to try and find those five differences because that's basically the differences you're going to see in your end report as well and essentially this is what you're trying to achieve with the with the program auto nessus yeah it's 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 an idea that crept upon me it's it's funny thing is i didn't actually uh, that wasn't actually the goal i set out when i wrote auto nessus for the first time Uh, initially we just looked for a way to automate the scans and kick them off at at a reliable time but once I saw how Nessus actually stores its findings in a backhand, it's like, wait a minute, that compare I'm doing every month is easily to automate. Yeah. And and that's what, yeah, that's what Auto Nessus is about at this moment. Really, the Delta engine. I mean, it's not rocket science to to script something so that you can run it from a command line and, and run it from a cron job. But the the backend is still not rocket science, but it's it's handy to have a, that delta comparison in there. Okay, can you tell the uh, listeners what Autonesis is? Well, uh, let, me, let me try and set it out. Obviously, uh, when I did the demo, I had uh, had the stuff there, which which makes it easier to demonstrate. Autonesis is a wrapper around Nessus. So, the first thing you need is a host that can run your Nessus daemon. Yeah, that, that can be a Linux host, can be a Windows host if you want to. Yeah, you need a host that runs the Linux daemon, and you need another or the same host that has the uh, the Nessus client on it. Uh, there's a bunch of scripts around it that you can schedule via cron job or can run manually to actually do a scan. And that command is handily called do dash scan. Yeah. <laughs> so you start off, you've installed it. Well, you start off by downloading it off my website, but yeah. you install it. It's specifically written with uh, with a uh, Linux Unix uh, system in mind. So yeah. I'm not. I haven't actually tried or tested the scanner on on any Windows platform. Yeah. You run it, and, and then you need to set up a scan. And you edit a config file which specifies where your Nessus daemon is running. You fill up a hosts file which defines uh, what hosts you are scanning. And you run your first scan. You specify if you want a safe mode scan or a complete scan. And then it starts to scan to do a Nessus scan. A few points that we probably want to mention here. You should not scan any network that you do not have explicit written permission in order to, to, to do that. This yep. is a sort of default warning, so just be careful about that. Ideally, you could scan your own home network, for instance, or if you are in a university or something, uh, you're an admin for a network, you could scan that with permission from your employer. Yeah, there's a golden rule when you're doing pen tests commercially, and that is get your get out of jail free card first <laughs> yeah. before you actually do anything. Having said that, so so taking you have your permission to scan something, you put that target in a host file and you run the scan. 
what it does, it does the network scan net just as a normal Nessus scan would do, but it immediately converts the results to an HTML file, an XML file, and a uh, NBE file, and the NBE file is Nessus backend. Then the part that I call the Delta engine kicks in, and initially it will mark all your findings as new. So um, you then can go to the website of Autonessus, and with website I mean the local website, because uh, Autonessus has a uh, has a web GUI. Plugs so you, into Apache, I'm guessing. Yeah, it, it plugs to, into Apache. It's actually um, classic CGI. Um, What's it written in? It's written in Perl, primarily, okay. with uh, with some bits of uh, shell script where, where I needed interaction with the shell. But it's, it's classic CGI, so there's no reason why it shouldn't plug into another website, but but other web server, but I haven't tried that. Yeah, okay. So what it does is when you have the findings, it uh, tries to categorize them for you. And the first categorization is new, meaning um, this is a finding I've seen f- uh, for the first time. So basically when you run your first scan, everything is going to be new. Yeah, when you run your first scan, everything is going to be new. Uh, now when I mean, when I say finding, what I mean is that... Each host has a number of open ports. Each open port can have uh, one or more plugins fired against it, and that plugin has an output. So the combination of host, port, plugin, and the output of the plugin is what we've defined as a finding. For instance, if you have a web server that's running both on uh, standard HTTP and HTTPS, yeah, it can fire the Nikto plugin against that. Nikto is another security scanner. So that can fire both against port 80 and against port 443, and both the outputs will be in in AutoNessus. So that's two findings? That's two findings. Okay, so say, for example, we have have run it against a a workstation or something, and you're finding that there's a port open on 80, which you think is okay, and you've got a port open on... Well, you get a port open on 8443, and yeah. one port 80 isn't okay, and 443 you're thinking is okay. What do you do? Yeah. Well, basically what you go do is look at each of the findings. Uh, the GUI lets you sort out and filter the findings by host, uh, by plugin ID. So I could decide to look uh, at all the Nikto outputs in one go, and then look at all the port scanner outputs in one go, and look at all the other plugins that could fire which is uh, sort of the way I prefer it, but yep. that's my personal preference. Or you could go and look by port, so you could say, okay, I'm first going to look at the findings from port 80, then look at the findings for port 443. So in this case, if we looked at the findings for port 80, uh, we found them all okay. There's basically an option in the GUI which says bulk update, and I can then, as a user, choose uh, for a new finding. I can choose between two status is to assign to a finding it's either the status no issue which means i'm okay i'm happy with that plugin firing you expected that you expected expected to find the result that you found or i didn't expect it but it's clean okay yeah it's it's basically whether or not there's risk associated with that finding not if i expect it or not yeah okay and then if there is a risk associated to it i can mark it as being open so this is something that I need to deal with. Very good. So in your case, what we just said, the two, um, let's just talk about the two Nikto reports that we got, yep. one for port 80, yep. one for port 443. So the one for 80 was okay. I've marked that as no issue. 
the one for port 443 had a risk with it, I marked it as open. And then I'm going to do something that will make me fix those findings. For instance, I'm going to get a vulnerable CGI script off that port 443. So in terms of the amount of work on the first scan, it's not any less than it would be if you just did an Autonesis scan or an Nessa scan yourself and went through the findings. Yeah, it's, oh. it's not less work. What I found myself doing uh, lately, though, is when I ran a uh, Nessus scan on a separate host, I actually took the uh, NBE file and put it in Autonessus because I like the GUI and I like what the GUI does. So I can uh, basically tick off the findings that I've done and it helps me organize my analysis process of the findings. But in terms of the number of findings you have to look at, it's exactly the same. So it's still, for the first time, it's still a useful tool to go through to make sense of that huge amount yeah, of documentation. To, to help you digest that, that huge mountain of findings that you will get if you scan a sizable network. Okay, so that's interesting enough, but where it has an awful lot of value is when you go back and you do the second scan. Yeah. So you've produced a list of report for the system administrator, which may be yourself, and you say, okay, this needs to be done, this needs to be done, this needs to be done and you go back two weeks later and then you run another scan, then what happens? So it will regenerate that mountain of findings, but then it will do a delta comparison. We've made some changes to the system, hopefully to address what we found the first time. You run the scan again and it comes with basically the same or a slightly different amount of finding. That's the point where the delta engine will kick in and the Delta engine will try to determine a new status for the findings based upon was the finding previously there, is this something that we've, we've now seen, for instance, has a, has a new open port emerged, has a port been closed, um, it will look at that, and also it will look at the output of the plugins. So, for instance, in the case of the Nikto, uh, Nikto plugins uh, we just talked about, say port 443 would now be closed. That specific finding, Nikto on port 443 on this host, would be marked as gone by the Delta engine. On the other hand, if it wasn't just gone, but you had deleted, for instance, a vulnerable CGI from that website, it would be marked as changed because the output of the Nikto scanner would change. So it would change, say, hey, I'm changed, and then uh, the plugin, yeah, plugin output would change. So you need to look at it again. That's basically what change means. And by the same mechanism, say that um, you have done this initial amount of work getting your system to a state where you're happy with, yep. you run the scans and you, you don't see any deltas. Uh, say then you update Nessus and its plugins and it detects another vulnerability. Yeah, that will be marked as new because that's a new plugin. Uh, it's a new combination of host port plugin, so it will be marked new. So the whole idea about behind the Delta engine was instead of, of looking at two big paintings and trying to find the differences, let's stop looking at the two paintings. Let's try and find the differences uh, automatically and just look at the differences. Yeah, so filter out the noise. Filter out the noise, dampen the noise, and, and try to get the signal, basically get the signal out of the noise. Excellent. So that you just have to look at, at your signal. And, and that works pretty well. In the demo, I go from an initial 40-plus findings, and when I do the second scan, there's only something like 20 findings that we have to look at. And when we do the third scan, we just made minute changes to the network. There's only four findings that we need to look at. And that's the experience uh, 
I have in my daily work as well. So we actually use it here? We, we use it here. Uh, in January, we scanned over 4,000 IP addresses with it. They produced a total of 8,777 NESS findings in the month of January. That's which would a, but it's important to say that that's not all issues. No, no, it's not all issues. I mean, Nessus is also very good at reporting. Um, you have a web server here, and this plugin thinks everything is all right. Yeah, um, <laughs> which is kind of what or, we're doing. Um, you have more, you have uh, a web server running. It reports that it's Apache. Uh, that's how you want to configure it. Thank you. Which is good to know if you're running for the first time, but sort of becomes a very boring message after the 24th or yeah. Well, probably a little bit earlier. And the danger is, of course, if you're if you're going through these findings yourself, that you're scanning down through this and you go, okay, I've seen that before, seen that before, seen that before, and you miss the one that's in between. That's where Autonesis really shines through. As far as the automation goes, there's automation in running the Nessus scans, but then there's also automation in running the reports and emailing. Can you tell us a little bit about that? When it finishes comparing two scans, it will send out a condensed report out about the, the number of open findings it finds, open new and changed findings. It will also output some of the deltas it's seen so that you can make yeah, a quick judgment. Is this something I need to look at now or at my leisure? But the report that is sent out is um, intentionally kept fake because I don't trust the transport mechanism of email. I mean, email's in the clear, it's storing forward, means if I send out an email, there's always a copy somewhere. That's why I always, always those little notes at the, at the bottom of an email make me laugh, Yeah, yeah because yeah. you shouldn't make a copy. Well, I need to deliver this for you. <laughs> Sorry, sidestepping. Um, if you really want to get the depth and the detail, uh, you need to go uh, look at the web, uh, web GUI. At the moment, there's still a manual processing behind the findings. When we talk about the roadmap, I'll address it a little bit more because that's well, where I want to Talk add. to us about the roadmap, then. Currently, it just concentrates around Nessus findings. So it will go into, yes, this plugin fired, that's the output. And when I report back to my colleagues who, who need to fix the, fix the findings, um, there's an aggregation level above that. Yeah. And, and, yeah, if you want to call that issues or, or, or incidents or, or whatever name you want to give that, and I haven't decided on a proper name yet. Observation? <laughs> yeah, observation. I, I think I'll stick probably stick to issue. Okay. Yep. But um, basically an issue of a port being open or, or a vulnerable version of software being run can be expressed in one or more plugins being fired, but also a single plugin that fires and gives you some, some output of an HTTP daemon can tell you that A, it's an old HTTP daemon, B, it reveals that via the headers, it reveals its internal IP address. So a single plugin, a single Nessus finding can actually have multiple issues in it. So the idea at the moment is to extend the Autonessus GUI to also include that part of a reporting. Because what I notice is that it's still hard to keep the consistency at the, in telling the, the system administrators what's wrong and the Nessus findings in the GUI. That's, that's still a, yeah, a bit of a, 
it's, it's still a chore. So that's really where I want to extend and, and, and bring Autonesis to, to do more and more of that vulnerability management to, to get a business term in there. Okay, fair enough. Anything else on the roadmap? Clearly there's open VAS integration. We talked about Nessus going closed source. Uh, when Nessus went closed source, the open VAS project uh, checked out the latest open source version from Nessus basically did a search and replace for uh, Nessus uh, dash OpenVos and the OpenVos project continued on that roadmap it's also now starting to to get further and further away from yeah. Nessus because it's, it's going its own way but I've had several requests in for uh, open VAS compatibility uh, so that's that's high on my roadmap also currently the "Quote unquote" database I use is a uh, is is a flat file system. So uh, if you install Autonesis and you go look into the far directory, you'll see a directory per configured scan. In that directory, there's directory findings. In the findings directory, there's a directory per host. In there, there's the directory per port, and in there, there's a directory per plugin. And below that are are single files for each and every time the scan was fired. And, and that actually works pretty well until the number of findings goes up and uh, yeah, pearl globbing tends to get slow when you have thousands and thousands of files uh, to look at. There's some optimization that can be done there. Also putting uh, DBI support in there and, and thus linking it up with a, with a relational database, uh, something like uh, MySQL or uh, Postgres. Yeah, Something like Postgres will actually A, help uh, scalability and B, help with, uh, with extendability so that we can extend the schema and, and put the more vulnerability management capabilities uh, in there. Yeah, with the request for open VAS, uh, with a request from from Viotor to put Nmap in there, um, with a request from the guys who maintain uh, Nikto to actually put to see actually if I could put uh, standalone Nikto scans in there. If I'm going to normalize things and, and do multiple support, uh, maybe multiple scanner support is something that I want to add in the future as well. But that's that's the far distance, uh, the multi-scanner uh, support. So do you do this in your own time or do you do it here on work? Or a bit of both? <laughs> a bit of both, to be honest. I mean, the, the boundaries between my private and my work time uh, tend, to, tend to be uh, not as sharp and clear as... as as one might think. No, it, it, it is a work-sponsored project in the sense that uh, me working on Autonesis is part of my job. Um, then again, I am I'm inclined to often work on Autonesis uh, during my free time as well because it's, yeah, it is my baby if you want to put it that way. So you write it, but Schubert Phyllis owns the copyright. Well, first there's, there's the legal part of that. Basically, um, Dutch law states that if you do anything uh, with resources from your work, so if you use your laptop right, or right. Uh, your boss's time to make, uh, to make something, it is copyright of the company. On the other hand, I did write it in a slow summer where I set several days slash weeks of, of work time into it. And I think it's only fair that Superfellas has a, has a copyright to it as well. But that copyright they actually have released under the GPL version 3. Yeah. What was the logic behind that? Uh, logic 
behind that was that we actually use quite a lot of open source uh, software here uh, here at Zuberg Phyllis. Um, primarily one being well, Sea of Engine, obviously, yeah. um, but also Nagios, Renzit, MRTG, RRD tool, um, the LAMP architecture. It was uh, about time that we did something back. To be honest, I wouldn't have gotten this far with the program if I kept it in my own circle. Whenever I release strangers on the system, um, I found that I tend to do things that I don't expect because I had a certain mindset when I developed this, yeah. and I don't break don't break free of that mindset easily. Whereas somebody else who comes in blank all of a sudden finds and, and starts setting illogic settings because it's logical to them. And then I found that I need to adapt my program to give a little bit more of a little bit more guidance to them. Let's put it that way. So, how can uh, any of the listeners, if can they uh, help out? First of all, I love feedback. So just using the product. <laughs> use the product and let me know about it. Report that, bugs too. Help me report bugs. Um, there's a there's a Autoness's website, autoness.com, but the bug tracking system and the release system are uh, are on SourceForge, as is the source repository. Yeah, that's that's where you go to get it, and and via autoness.com you can contact me as well. Positive and negative feedback, uh, highly appreciated. Constructive. Uh, constructive feedback, even higher, high, more highly appreciated. Yeah, that's that's where where the best help can come out. If there's somebody who's willing to look into the open fast compatibility, it's been on my list. It's high on my list. But yeah, I've I've got Nessus and OpenFast on it. So uh, if somebody is interested in using it straight with with OpenFast, uh, then that might accelerate uh, getting that feature out as well. Okay, I think we'll wrap it up there. There's just one thing I want to uh, warn the listeners is that if you do run Nessus, there are some dangerous plugins that can bring down production systems, so be careful. Do you ship with recommended? There is a, a safe configuration, but safe should always be taken with a, uh, a grain of salt, or if, I'm not sure if that's <laughs> a, a valid salt, yeah. <laughs> pinch of salt. I'm not sure if that's a valid English expression. Yeah, it's it's a relative safe setting that's in there. There's um, there's nobody no nobody who does any pen test who will guarantee that any system will survive their pen test. It's always something that that they will uh, exclaim uh, will exclude, and that's also something that we have to. Uh, yeah, don't try this at home. Uh, we're highly trained professionals, etc. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, do try it at home. Don't try it on your neighbor's home. Yeah. Okay, Frank, uh, thank you very much. And if anybody has any feedback, you can send it to me at ken.fallon at gmail.com. Frank, you're working on, a, on an English version of the demo, and we'll try yeah. and get that up as soon as possible. Yeah, there will be a, a screen recording of the English version of the demo, uh, which will... Uh, probably be posted on on the Autonessus website. Okay, and your website is? www.autonessus.com Okay, thank you very much ladies and gentlemen and tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode on Hacker Public Radio. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.